This is Masters in Business with Barry Ritholtz on Bloomberg Radio. My special guest today is Brian Kelly, better known as the points guy. Uh, The firm now gets 10 million unique visitors to their website each month. It was launched in 2010, sold to Bankrate in 2012. Bankrate was bought by Red Ventures in 2017. The firm now has over 60 employees. Is that right? Well, the points guy itself is over 100 employees. Over now. 100. Yep. Wow. Well, Brian Kelly, welcome to Bloomberg. Thanks for having me. So, uh, I'm I'm kind of intrigued about the points guy site. Um, when I got a Amex Platinum card in the office, I gave up my Amex Gold card at home and ultimately wanted to replace it with something which became the Chase Sapphire Reserve card. And then I went to your site and said, turned out that that was a really good decision. Tell us a little bit about the Points Guy site, who's your audience, and and who you're targeting. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Points Guy, I mean, I started this as a fun side thing in 2010. Uh, I used to work at Morgan Stanley. I was in HR, traveling a ton, and I was just, I've always been really, really good at points, like even going back to the 90s. But it started as just a hobby site where I would, you know, blog about one post a day on how to use Amex points or how to fly to Paris. And, you know, no one really read it for about six months. <laughs> And Six then, months is not a bad. It's not lead bad time. in the blogging work because right. then it just took off somehow. You know, it started to catch, and I wrote about one deal, and you know, it really started off with consultants. I mean, I you know, the consultants who were on the road four days a week, they started reading my site and sharing it like crazy. Didn't eventually make its way to a big New York Times article fairly early yep. on. So it was April of 2011 that Seth Kugel, the frugal traveler c- columnist of the New York Times, he's a very cynical person. He said frequent flyer miles are pointless for budget travelers, unless you can prove me otherwise. And it was actually sitting in my spam inbox for like two months. Wow. I'm like cleaning out one day and I'm like, whoa, New whoa, York whoa. Times. New York Times, this is crazy. I met up with them and I said, are you crazy? I'm like, budget travelers are the number one people who should be maximizing points. I met up with them at a bar in New York for three hours. He booked a trip to Brazil that day in coach, but he saved a thousand bucks. He was blown away. Wow. And a couple weeks later, he wrote this crazy article that was like the number one travel site everyone needs to know. And I just remember sitting at my cubicle at Morgan Stanley being like, oh my God, my life is going to change. You know, the New York, because my site crashed with traffic, <laughs> emails were coming in. And I, I knew all along that, you know, everyone has points and no one knows how to use them. But that was when it really got put on the map. Um, when did you come to the conclusion that, hey, this is a business? Was it the Times article well, or before? the Times article helped propel it. It was actually before. So if I started the blog in June of 2010. It was February of 2011, a friend from college, he had kept emailing me saying, Brian, Brian, you're writing about credit cards all day. You're a moron because (laughs) you're linking directly to AmericanExpress.com. And he had worked for a company called Linkshare, which is now Rakuten, in their affiliate marketing. And he said, if you get into my program, I can get you in. You You can get paid $200 per credit card approval. And I remember at that time I had like 50,000 monthly readers and I was like, 200 bucks. I'm like, I only need like 1% of 1% to make this. Covers all the costs <laughs> of the website. Exactly. So he got me in in February and uh, and it was amazing. I was just writing the same exact content, but I was just using his links instead of directly to right. the- and it was, so this is like an Amazon affiliate exactly, marketing. Exactly, but you for send credit cards. Right. And, and unbeknownst to me, credit cards are like the, uh, you know, the- ace in affiliate marketing because it was actually more than 200 some cards were paying 500 
but it wasn't per click like most they had to open an account and who and were be my approved. readers my readers were bankers lawyers and consultants who right. lived in new york la and chicago talk about taylor me so i always joke about i was blogging on a gold mine on you know so i started putting those links in and you know because these credit cards are the best way to get points it was so organic no one even said a word i mean i put my disclosures hey guys i'm right. gonna fill it and then the first i i got nervous that people would think i'm doing it just for money because that's never how it started out but my readers who are smart people in business were like sending me high five emails like buddy i sent your links to my whole family like i want you to i want you to be successful and that was a really cool moment when i was like wait a minute i can provide good content for free to my readers they use my link and they're just clicking on it yeah. amex click here and chase it's the same click or here. better offer than what they're getting anyway so 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 i love the story where so now you have the affiliate marketing links running for a couple of weeks or months. Yes. Yeah, so and then one weekend, something happens, you link to something, and suddenly, boom, $30,000 over the weekend. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that. so it was a perfect storm. That day the New York Times came out was actually the day that Chase had launched a British Airways 100,000-point offer. And I knew that was going to be really popular with my readers because most of the time, you know, back in the late 2000s, I mean, late what do you call them? The aughts, 2008. I don't call them anything. <laughs> so, the 2000s. Yeah. Um, you know, credit card bonuses were like 25,000, free flight, you know? And then, you know, once the recession, out of the recession, I think a lot of the credit card companies were like, you know, we really missed the boat on millennials and and getting this new era of consumers. So they started raising the bonuses mm -hmm. and it, you know, benefited my site because I was just writing, you know, here's how you Take, get the most out of British Airways miles. And the trick was not flying British Airways because they have crazy high fees on their award tickets. So I was just writing these little posts about, you know, if you want to go to Machu Picchu or Easter Island, it was amazing deals using British Airways miles back then because they were a one world partner. So these things that I had known for years, you know, the average consumer didn't realize that, wait a minute, I've got a boatload of miles and this is how I can go to Hawaii or Miami. So um, and then the New York Times article came out, which not just, you know, that day traffic, but I had no idea what SEO was. I knew Google liked me <laughs> because my site was growing month over month. But that day that you get that New York Times link Man. in 2011. They still swing a lot of weight, don't yeah. they? I mean, so that's why, you know, we, yeah, getting a, making sure, using press to help, you know, buoy the site. That's what, uh, there's been a lot of other bloggers in the space. None have really cracked it like I have. So it's, uh. So let's talk about how this went from a sort of side interest to a website to a business. We, we were speaking earlier about your first big affiliation branding, $30,000 over the weekend. You had to look at that and go, hey, this really is a business. What happened on Monday when you went into your day job? Well, I remember being in the shower, just crunching the numbers as as my posts were going viral across the internet about this chase deal. I, you know, it, the, the clicks would update every hour. And I just, you know, on a normal day, I'd have like 20 clicks on a, you know, an, on a credit card link. But then all of a sudden it was like 2000. I'm like, oh my God, if this is even the tiniest conversion rate, right. I'm doing well. And every other day, you know, sales would load into the system. And so on paper, I remember when I hit the first 100,000, it was like roughly within a month of getting into affiliate sales because of that New York Times piece that made it go viral. And uh, and I remember just thinking on paper, I'm kind of rich, you know, like that was more than my annual salary at that point. 
And right. my parents were like, Brian, you know, I was 27. I was about to get VP and, you know, human resources at Morgan Stanley. Yeah, but like, isn't everybody a VP at Morgan Stanley? <laughs> Come on. That, you shouldn't be impressed by that. Uh, well, back, you know, I was, you know, that was, you know, in your, in your late 20s, about to get VP. It's like, you know, you're... It When's was better to take a risk uh, than when you're young and you could bounce back of from Of course, it. of course. Now, you know, n- n- knowing what I know now, but, I, you know, being a blog, a professional blogger just wasn't really a thing in 2011. But my parents actually loaned me money because... Even though in the affiliate portal, it said I had all this money coming to me, but it was on like a net 90 pay right. plus, plus, plus. So it was actually months before I saw any of that money. But So you didn't use venture capital money? I never used venture Family ca- money, friends and family. How much did you well, borrow? I, to- I, I borrowed 5000 or 10000 from my parents <laughs> just to pay my rent, but it was already profitable up to that point. So, I mean, it was from getting affiliate links, uh, it was six months. It was that August that I made my first million. It was crazy. It just kept growing and growing. And then I started hiring. So I never, I owned 100% of the company when I sold it to right. Bankrate in 2012. So that worked out well. Is that a public figure? Can we discuss it's, that? It's not a public figure. Um, I don't think it was ever really disclosed, but it was uh, you know, life-changing amount of money for me at the time. Of course, they gave me a, a three and a half year earn out because I was 28. They're like, we're not going to give you everything. But um, but you stayed with them for- I, I stayed, I stayed It's almost with, a decade. Yeah. I mean, I even after that three and a half years, I- uh, I renegotiated my deal to get a, you know, I, I was a salaried employee. I didn't, I don't own the the points guy, but they saw how passionate I was about it. Um, and so you are the points guy. I am. So I guess it helps, you know, people, even when Red Ventures bought Bankrate, people like, you know, most founders, you know, when you sell, you get, a, you know, but it's, they, they take the money and run, take the money and run. But I, and I just, you know, signed on with Red Ventures. I'm going to be there for years to come. I mean, I, I passionately love doing what we do. And, uh, yeah, it's the coolest job in the world. Why would I give it up? So, so you started as a as a blogger. Yep. When did you hire your first employee? So, my first employee was actually part time. It was my sister in law. She was a stay at home mom. She started doing email. Got start because the emails were coming in, and I actually had a side business where I would charge people uh, fifty bucks, and I would book their award tickets for them. So you'd be able to email me and say, "Hey, I want to take my family to Italy. Four people in June." And I would say, pay me 200 bucks and I'll tell you exactly how to do it. Right. So I had that business and then I would blog. Um, so my my sister-in-law was my first part-time employee. And then it was um, actually right after I sold the bank rate. Then I was like, I got to I gotta hire people. And now people would want to work for me because before people were like, I'm not going to work for some, some guy, guy blogging out basement, of his living right? room. Yeah. <laughs> so once I sold, you know, Bankrate was a publicly traded company. Pretty, um, you know, they had Bankrate.com was a huge site and they sure, owned CreditCards.com. So- you know, once I, and that was great because I could just focus on the content and, um, you know, their HR and legal and all that stuff took, took away all that stuff that I really never enjoyed right. doing. And, and if you think about it, it makes perfect sense for a site that spends so much time and effort analyzing credit cards to bring the, in totally. the and, ultimate credit card. And um, I didn't realize it at the time. I mean, when they, because I only had like roughly 15 months of revenue. Granted, it was all profit for the most mm-hmm. part because I didn't really have that many expenses. But, um, you know, to me, it was astounding that creditcards.com, the behemoth site, you know, um, would want this little niche travel premium, you know, credit card site. But premium's a good niche. It's it is, and and it it, it was a it was it's been a wild ride since. You know, I remember when, when I sold the bank rate in May of 2012, we had 250 thousand monthly uniques, um, which is really nothing. Yeah, but it was super, pretty pretty profitable. Um, but the real, you know, but we, it's a platform that you could build on. It was a good good exactly. mix. Exactly, and the platform 
kept growing year over year, but 2016 was the year we actually launched the Sapphire Reserve card with Chase. So tell us a little bit about that. They reached out to you guys to say, hey, we have an idea for a new credit card yep. to challenge Amex. Well, they didn't even, in the beginning, we didn't even know what it was. Um, we had to you know, come up, you know, we had been working with Chase since the beginning. So they knew we were good partners. We had the ability to create content that resonated, with, especially with millennials. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and to this day, you know, we have a huge audience. We now are in the UK. We, we service all types of you know, readers. We've got a whole military section. We've got our family vertical. Today, we're actually launching uh, our uh, TPG women vertical for women in travel, small business. But but really, the points guy, we can speak to millennials. We put credit cards and financial products in a way that I think successful people in general, especially millennials, can understand. Like, I need to get this card because I will live a better life through travel and, you know, be able to, to get ahead. So, so yeah, they approached us in 2016. We were under strict NDA for months and months. So it was months until I even knew what the Sapphire Reserve was. And when I heard the product, I, I literally got, like, faint in the knees. I was like, this is going to be huge like monstrous and uh, and it was it was out of control they, they yeah. literally sold out and yeah, they, they ran out of the metal yep. used to make the car so we were their launch partner and you know word was getting out and leaking and we uh they and you know we basically held they wanted to launch it right after labor day in 2016 the word started to get out because you know they've got all these bank branches so they, because we were partners with them, they actually announced that the Sapphire Reserve is coming. I, I still remember where I was in Italy on summer vacation. And they actually said, it's coming. And the points guy has all the information. And on a tweet, they announced the best credit card to ever hit the market in a tweet with the link to the pointsguy.com and our inside scoop on. So, which made all of our competitors had the link to us. I mean, traffic was Amazing. through the roof. Who needs SEO with that sort I of know, right? stuff? So that raises a really interesting question. And in my wallet, I have a Chase Sapphire Reserve card and an Amex Platinum card. You do business with all these other credit card companies. Yep. Did anyone say, hey, uh, you guys are partnering with Chase. We're a little concerned about this. You know, my mom was so worried about that. She goes, really? you're, you're going to be known as the Chase guy. And, you know, you know, for a split second, you think, okay, is, are we doing too much with one partner? But I think... You know, Chase came to us and said, we believe in you to do, we, we did a ton more than just blog posts. We did events. We did a Facebook Live on the day of the launch with Pam Cotaspati, who was their head of credit cards at mm -hmm. the time. And we were answering reader questions live on social media, which a credit card company had never done before. And I think that launched with them, well, I know, because since then we've launched credit cards for City, their prestige card. Mm -hmm. You know, we've worked really a lot with uh, Capital One last year. They added all these transfer partners. And I think our credibility comes from the fact that, A, we never recommend products we don't like, period, right. full stop. I turn down offers all the time. We're, we're not doing you know, crappy little partnerships with brands just trying to get a buck from our readers. Right. You know, and we're mathematical. We've got a team of really smart experts where people like you, you can read through the BS. Like you, we put it in terms of these points you know, and, and how they will actually do it, um, you know, how you can actually get value from it. So- so yeah, so the Sapphire Reserve, it was very Chase-centric, but when that offer ended, it was actually one of our worst business months ever, because we <laughs> had focused so much on that offer. Nothing it, else was happening. And in scraping our knees, a month after it ended, we were like, oh my God, we had our worst month in like eight years. But it was a great wake-up call to, hey, wait a minute. We diversified. Just, <laughs> and then that's when we really retrenched with Amex and City and those partnerships. So Worked um, out okay. Totally. I mean, and, and everyone wins in the end. 
let's talk a little bit about how you use various media to promote uh, the business. We talked about the New York Times. We talked about the Chase Sapphire Reserve card. Let's talk a little bit about YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. How does that impact yep. your, your business, your traffic, and who your audience is? So, you know, we leaned heavily into social media. You know, Twitter was actually my first. I, I thought Facebook was going to be a, you know, a... Uh, one-time thing and it wasn't going to really be a big business driver right. which actually ended up being the opposite because you know in 2013 14 15 we were investing heavily in facebook um, we wanted to build our likes up and even though you know facebook likes today don't mean anything you know we were the first real travel blog to get over a million likes and uh -huh. that was right before chase engaged us to help with the launch of the sapphire reserve so do you, are you tracking traffic from from, different sources from those channels yes so we still get a, a, about 20 percent of our traffic uh from social media uh, from all the different channels uh it's funny you mentioned tiktok because it's one of our uh new platforms that we're just testing around with and the right. power is wild you know we we had one of our it's editors giant but it skews very young it's interesting and just like snapchat i'm a little wary because snapchat i used to love doing but then there was no there was no follow-up you know there's right. no tracking there was you know, the campaigns are all very high funnel, like, oh, awareness amongst a really young group about credit cards. Right. I'm like, meanwhile, I can go on Facebook and target the exact people I want with the right content and serve them different experiences. But yeah, so we, you know, Facebook, you know, social media marketing. Yes, we actually, you know, we spend a, a ton of money every month in getting our content in front of the right people and those people get credit cards. But a large portion of it is also just building out our brand and, and we send people around the world. I did a vlog this year on YouTube. Uh, um, I never look at the dates when I look at uh, your videos. Yeah. So I really enjoy the Air Emirates experience yeah. you did. Um, I was lucky enough to fly that some years ago. Air India is another one that yep. I thought was was spectacular. Uh, what what vlog did you do this year that really stands out? So we so it's called being the points guy. We I went to Israel for the first time mm -hmm. and it was amazing. So we flew United's new seven eighty seven. I and, like the seven eighty seven. Oh, it's great, great way to fly. Um, they actually fly it from New York to San Francisco, uh, which is awesome. And I flew El Al back, and uh, El Al has a, a, a sketchy history as an airline. It's a uh, although the security process. The Amazing. Shocking, right? It's a, it is amazing. So their new plane, they have 787s as well, which are mm. really nice and get great reviews. But I love, you know, the 747, the queen of the sky. So I flew one of their last 747s, and this thing was like flying in the 80s. I mean, there were ashtrays <laughs> in the seats. And uh, so that was- No screens? <laughs> no, no, no screens. Uh, it was, uh, and the food, for some reason, I think I was in first class, and I think the food, the food was rancid. I mean, I, I'll eat anything on a plane. I mean, yeah. even an economy- this food was truly bad. So we, uh, my friend who's a comedian, we filmed the vlog episode, uh, you know, flying from uh, uh, from Tel Aviv to JFK on the 747. And it actually it went viral and it actually made the news in Israel. Oh, I kept getting all these Google alerts for like weeks later that wow. popular travel blogger flies, you know, Israel's flag carrier and it's a hot mess, you know, like. But well, it, what what else stands out to you amongst airlines? So you, I, the other day you mentioned Norway, Norwegian yeah. Airlines. Which I've flown business class, yep. and it's amazing 
for the for what you get for the price. But the food is terrible. The food's terrible. Yeah, I mean Norwegian's a seven eighty seven. You get a big, big, comfy recliner. Yeah, it's, this is not, not quite a flatbed. Technically premium economy. It's the, one of the best premium economies out there. And oh, it's, it's the, much bigger the, than the, premium the, economy. The, yeah, the pricing is fantastic too. I mean, Insane. last minute seven hundred bucks more right, way to, to Europe. Europe. Round round trip under a thousand dollars to Paris. Totally business class. And Crazy. It, you know, and especially when you're going to Europe, it's like just under six hours these days. You know, to spend. Uh, you know, well. Eight, well, from New York, well, JFK to Paris is just about eight hours. Well, if you include coming home, right? If you include time quicker. on the ground yeah, yeah, yeah. in JFK, to London, London I've done under six hours. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so so, but uh, yeah. So Norwegian Premium is a great product, but I'm actually about to uh, Etihad. The, the Middle Eastern carriers are still so Qatar Airlines. Their Q Suites Business Class is top notch. Uh, the the those are like literally. Private rooms, it's it's crazy. Totally. And do they are they the ones with this the shower you can lay down in? Or was so, that Emirates? So there's two airlines with showers commercially. It's Emirates uh, and then Etihad. So Etihad not only has the showers, they have what's called the residence. And I flew it. It was my first vlog that in 2015 I was their first passenger to fly JFK to Abu Dhabi. It was thirty three thousand dollars. Right. Of course. What I did you cost you? Zero, because I expensed it to bank rate at the time. But but you didn't. You paid actual <laughs> I, cash. We, you didn't use points. No, because with the residents, it would be millions and millions of points. So we paid right. cash. I earned points. Expensed it to the parent company. Right. Um. And it they was, must have been thrilled. Yeah. But you know what? The video got millions of you. People still come up to me today. So back to the whole point about how we use social media. Yes, we do it for conversions, but also the brand awareness that as we speak right now, people are viewing our videos being like, wow, I want to fly Emirates or this airline. They come to the site, they get hooked in. And so we're, we're now, you know, our, our parent company, Red Ventures is all about analytics and um, using data science to serve different experiences to people. So um, yes, we get a bunch of millions of visitors to the website, but we are now using social media podcasts um, to reach all different audiences that come back to the site. And in 2020, the big thing will be the app. The app. You're going to launch a Points Guy app. So we had if one. You yeah. could, if you could make people's life easier showing them what their points could do. Uh, well, that, just you wait. The, the home screen of the app is going to be your net worth in points. Really? And then you're going to be able to set trip goals. We're going to be able to get live award availability to tell you, hey, you've got Amex points and Delta miles. You should actually use these points on these days. You're, We're going to have push I alerts. am your target audience. I, I, I can tell. I, I can have Delta. Po- I, I have 125,000 Delta points. I have 600,000 Chase Reserve points. Yep. Um, I have the office Amex points. Which we then recycle into yeah. office travel, but it's always, you know, when we travel for work, it's always yeah. either economy or comfort plus. It, it, you try and be responsible yeah. um, when you're traveling for work. When you travel on your own, all right, you could you could indulge a little bit. That said, it's all over the place. I don't know how to best this, use that. This app's going to track your points. It's going to. We'll be able to instantly. We're building these algorithms and tools that. Look at what you're spending in the different categories, and then we'll actually slap your wrist and say, Barry, you should have been using this card for that purchase because you actually would have gotten a ton more value back based on where you want to use your points. So it's going to be, I already have, I have the, the, it's going to be coming out in early 2020, but it's going to change the game because um, as of today, it's too confusing. I mean, it, can it be is really very confusing. confusing. It's challenging. And what ends up happening is you just end up accumulating what you describe as points hoarders. Mm-hmm. Um, you, now I will use my chase points for what, for what I call, um, marriage counseling purchases, (laughs) meaning when our 
Weber grill that was 12 years old caught fire, and I decided I want the big four burner grill that was 1,200 bucks on sale at Amazon for 9.99 delivered and installed. My wife's head exploded. Yeah, she's like, just go replace the grill you bought for 500 dollars 12 years ago. Well, 12 years ago it was 500 dollars. Now it's 700 dollars. And I want the bigger one. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to spend $1,000 on a grill. You're giving me a little bit of anxiety here, though, because using Chase Points for like merchandise, like all, there are all these different currencies. Like if you want if you want to buy grills and merchandise and gift cards, there are cards for that. You know, uh, City Double Cash that gives you 2% back. But to use those Chase Points where you're getting less than a cent or less in value when Can you I could tell be you? getting 3x that. Can I tell it, you? It, 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 I'm it's, dying a little bit inside. It's, it's a marriage sale. <laughs> so whatever it costs... I wanted my damn grill, but and, but we'll talk more about that in a bit. So you get to travel a lot for work, and not just you know the red eye to Houston, <laughs> but really fun places on on fun airlines. I have a whole bunch of questions. Let's start with what's your favorite place you've been to this year? This year, I. Um, Really enjoyed going to. Well, does it have to be a new place? Because no, a Cape Town, South Africa. Really, has, I've been seven times. South. I Af- saw the boxing grandmas video. Yeah, that was really cool. We did that a couple years ago. Those grannies knew. They don't fool around. Oh my! I was I was blown away. But um, I love South Africa. We we do a ton of charity work. A lot of my travel is for the organizations we support. And but South Africa. Is just so beautiful. If you've never been, the never. wine country. It's the a long flight. Is, it's a long flight. But uh, starting in uh, December of, of 2019, we are United Airlines is going to start flying Newark, Cape Town, nonstop. Really? Yeah, yeah but you have to go through Newark, and that kills me. No, I, you know what? I used to hate Newark. I live downtown. Newark, I can get to in 20 minutes. Yeah. JFK took me two hours the other day, and Newark now has clear. The terminals I, are nicer. Can I tell so you I, how? I would I would push you to give it a give it a second thought. I have been giving away my clear. You know, you get yeah, the yeah. five, for, and I've been giving it to people, and you get a note when someone signs up. I am shocked. That everybody isn't using that. Although I, I was shocked that everybody so, wasn't using TSA pre- pre-check, and you still go to airports right. in the, the pre-check lane. I mean, I it's get empty. Two minutes max most of the right. time, and I see people waiting hours in line. And I don't understand like, it. How do people not value their time? Five years of pre-check for eighty-five dollars. Like it's, it's, it's the greatest deal yeah. in, in travel. So let, let's talk a bit. Of, so you like Cape Town this year? What? What's one of the most memorable trips you've taken? Well, I love my parents just retired. They, uh, you know, my parents are like my best friends. I took them to Ghana. Um, I do a good amount of charity work with Peace Jam there. So we went to Ghana and then I took them to Tanzania on a, uh, a Serengeti safari. And we, you know, the images. People pop- people come back and talk about it for months. Oh, safari, safaris. if you've, I, I mean, I love animals and mother nature Safari is just spectacular. You you really only need three days of safari because you, uh-huh. you go out and you know if you go on a real African safari, you're out for like five hours in the morning, five hours in the it's afternoon. A lot. By the end of like two to three days, you know you've seen it all. You're done. Right. But uh, that's why I like South Africa because you can do Cape Town and the stunning coastlines and the animals and wine country and safari. So that to me is like the ultimate trip. So but, yeah. so you're effectively a professional traveler. Tell us about some of your packing secrets and and what gadgets do you like to travel with. Yeah, I really so I do the the stack and fold method which So you're not a you don't roll. Don't roll. Nope. So I will take and I start with the heaviest item first. So I'll take like a blazer, I'll do my two blazers and then I'll do long sleeve shirts and then some t-shirts, fold the uh arms on and then fold them in half, smooth it out. 
Tell you what, I, I can't tell you the no last time. No wrinkles. Never. I've ne- I can't tell you the last time I've used a, uh, a hotel. Uh, and same thing with a pants. A hotel iron. You Stack don't. all the pants, fold it in half, fold it in half again. You know, if, and the more you have, the less wrinkled it'll be. If you've got two pants, they'll wrinkle. So, and, and you have videos about this. Yes. So let's talk about gadgets. What What do you travel with? I see you also have the 11. Yes. The, I always have the best iPhone with the most storage. Um, I actually have- do they, the they now have the dual SIM. So I have a Google Fi so you SIM can card. Swap it out. So if I'm in some, you know, because I have Verizon International, but sometimes they'll limit your data. So I, I always I have- I haven't hit that yet. It depends in certain areas. And now they allow you to up it more for $10 a uh-huh. day or whatever. It's very cheap. The Veri- It's really not. So, so now in fast. the United States, all the wireless services suck. Verizon Wireless is the the least dirty shirt in the hamper is the way I describe it. In in, in general, I think. You know, T-Mobile's great with their plans, but it's slow. Yeah. I'm, you know, I need some quick, well, I'll yeah. pay whatever it takes to have fast Wi-Fi. So. I'm a junkie. I must have but my But Google fat Fi pipe. is also really good too as a, as the backup. So oh, Google really? Fi works around the world. I forget what, it's It's not very expensive. Yeah, they're very inexpensive. So to have, you know, the, the iPhone that has dual SIMs, so I, and then you can also click a new Was that feature. an option? I did not know yeah, that was an option. Yeah, you can have two SIM cards in that. So you can flip back and forth. You land in a certain country. Now you tell me. Yeah. What else do you have? You you travel with the dual SIM iPhone. iPhone. I always have, you know, I've got my MacBook uh, Air and I always bring my own TV shows and movies on planes because you, you, you- Can I tell you, I'm, I'm so glad you say that. I got the biggest, baddest iPad yep. because I, how often are you stuck on a six hour flight when either you're halfway in a movie and it craps out yep. or the whole we system- We need to reset to the rebelled. system for right. everyone else on the plane. It'll nope. take 30 minutes. I'm like, it's a two hour flight. <laughs> right. So basically- between between Netflix download and yep. Dish Anywhere, always have I, my I, own. I have hours. That's the big thing stuff. with travel: control your own destiny. Same thing with noise canceling headphones. Yes, always. there will always be babies. Babies exist. They're not going anywhere, people. And guess what? We all were crying babies once. So get your own Bose headphones. You know, get get ones that. You know, and of course, sometimes you can still hear it through the Bose headphone. But even then, can I, can- I tell you, it's really not bad. It we had we had a babies behind us to and from Chicago for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And um, you pop in the headphones. Every, and everything in life, it's just your mindset. Right. You know, if you walk into the airport aggrieved and mad, guess what? Your travel experience is going to suck. Like, just have You're a better attitude. You're a New Yorker, attitude. aren't you? I am. So yeah. aren't you always angry and aggrieved? No, Isn't that you part know, of our mindset? I, you know, I think in traveling and just in being able to see the world and seeing how most people live, even a bad flight, you know, only 1% of the world will ever be on a plane or some crazy <laughs> right. statistic right. like that. So You got to learn to roll with it. Go roll with it. Even when the in-flight Wi-Fi is out, I know I get all mad. But you know what? Sometimes I'll sit there. I, I just started doing meditations on plane. Planes are a great place to meditate. Put uh-huh. your headphones on. I do these guided meditations. What now. app do you use for that? Insight Timer is the one that I okay. Been really I have a into. friend who likes that one also, and another friend who likes. Plain is a great time to to meditate because you're sitting upright usually. Right. Um, There's so, a lot of outside distractions that you can get if that yeah. ball, if that derails you. It's yeah. a little bit of uh, that. That's really interesting. So now let's play. Tell me what's wrong with my um, credit cards and. Um, I this don't have every... wa- This is what we call a wallet audit. That's right. So I I have my iPhone case, which is my new wallet. It's your iPhone Merce. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Instead of a full blown wallet. So I'm showing you. We'll pretend this is my Chase Sapphire Reserve, which okay. is at home. Um, because I just the only problem with the iPhone wallets is you have three slots, and I have a lot more junk yeah, to carry. Yeah. So these are my two main credit cards. Memorize that number. Yeah, right. Um, so I, you I got, got the Sapphire pla- Reserve and the Business Gold Card. Business Platinum. Oh, this is Business Platinum. Oh my God, I'm like, oh, that. 
And I got the like platinum the- specifically because if you travel domestically, mm-hmm. not first class, that will get me into most lounges. Yes. Yeah. So the platinum is the best card. And the business platinum actually last year at our TPG Awards won best business credit card. Really? This card is good too. Any purchase over fifty or $5,000, you get a 50% bonus. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that either. Um, and the business platinum gives you 35%. So if you want to buy a $1,000 flight Amex on most cards, it's 100,000 points. The business platinum gives you 35% back. So it's only... 65,000 points. So now when you when you book through a flight through Amex, are you getting the same prices than if you, you went get directly? Roughly, yeah, you mostly get the same prices once in a while. Actually, a lot of times Amex has cheaper prices really? and more flexible fares. Yeah, huh. we book all of our travel at the Points Guide through Amex Travel. That, that's they what have we do special, in my office Yeah, also. they have special, especially with American Airlines and some others. They've got- So we're mostly pay- Delta and a little bit of JetBlue yeah. is the other airline. I love, you have to pick, I love JetBlue Mint. And even JetBlue, I, I'm 6'7", so even flying JetBlue regular, I flew into Costa Rica. It's not bad. Year. It's, it's not terrible. I love JetBlue. And I have to tell you, Delta used to be- 20 years ago, Delta was no fun. Yeah, They get my vote for the most improved airline. Delta one. They are consistently... I I don't normally blow kisses to airlines. So... So this is what I like about your strategy. So you've got the the Sapphire Reserve, which is great for points. That 3X on travel and dining. So that's what you put all your travel and dining on. On the credit. On on the the Sapphire Reserve. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, because that's 3X. And that travel also includes tolls, parking, subways. It's a really broad travel... Plus no currency fee overseas. Plus no FX on either, no foreign transaction fees. So yeah, you're good. The one area where I might recommend is this. This is like an advance. You could get a Chase or Freedom Unlimited card, which is no annual fee. Uh And that card gives one and a half points on everything you spend. So both of these cards only give you one point per dollar. So this is this is how you pair up to a power combo. So if mm-hmm. you got the free Chase Freedom Unlimited, right. you would use that for for everyday spend. You'd be earning 1.5 points. You'd be earning 50% more. And then on travel and dining is what you put on your reserve and you can combine those points. Uh-huh. So we call it um So you're just cherry picking where to spend the And this is what the TPG app's going to help people is put you know, everyday spend. Like if you're going to go to a store and buy a sweater, go to the supermarket. Which which card? Well, do then you use? supermarket. There are some cards that give uh, pretty pretty good spend. But in general, I think you got your Amex for the perks. You've got the reserve for the points, and then if you got like a, a Freedom Unlimited for everyday spend, mm-hmm. so you're earning that one and a half points per dollar. That's a pretty big difference. And it's free, no annual fee card. How do you argue with that? It's a no brainer. So so I also noticed on your site you mentioned. I don't remember which card it was, but they're really good for hotels. Yep. So I normally will use the Sapphire Reserve for a hotel, especially if I'm going to, uh, you mentioned the Grand Cayman trip. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in the Grand Cayman a couple of times. Yep. Uh, really enjoy, enjoy that. Um, anytime, every February or March, you have to yep. get to the Caribbean, get yep. out of New York weather. What card do you use so to I, get for best hotel? all my hotel? hotels, I mean, so I use, so it's it's sad though, because so Capital One Venture has mm-hmm. is an awesome all-around card. Because they team up with Hotels.com. So Hotels.com is a pretty cool program in that if you're not loyal to any one chain, like getting low-level hotel elite status isn't really that valuable. Right, doesn't do anything. Hotels.com is great in that it gives you one free night for every 10. So they take the price of your the 10 nights that you stayed and they give you the average price. Non-consecutive? So it could be 10, multiple trips? Any, yeah, multiple trips. So that's, mm-hmm. you're basically getting 10% back through the Hotels.com program. It's a solid return. With the Capital One Venture card, they give you... an 
10 points per dollar on allhotels.com. So that's another 10%. So you're basically getting 20% back on Not your bad. hotel site. And this is pretty much any hotel in the world. Uh-huh. So um, the sad thing about that, that, that partnership ends in January 2020. Um, so Capital One Venture and Hotels.com has been my go-to. The partnership ends in January 2020. So wait, this is this is done. This is pretty much done. They may extend it. I haven't heard yet, but that has been the go-to. The other card I'll say is if you're... Actually, you know what? City Prestige used to be the card for... They give you fourth night free. But mm-hmm. They just... Uh, fourth night free? That's 25% any, any off. Any hotel in the world. That's and amazing. I, so over the years, I've gotten thousands and thousands of Do they still do that? They, you know, City has been pulling back a lot of the perks. So now they limit it to two a year and the rates are not as low as... Oh, so who needs they, they watered it down. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Now, that raises another question. People have been saying that people who I normally think of as astute travelers and points people that it's gotten much harder of late chase sapphire reserve changed the landscape for everybody and some people decided some companies decided to compete and other companies said no we're going to make it more difficult well i think all of the com i think so my contrarian view to that is that things are actually way better than they've ever been because there are more ways to earn credit cards today you know, even the Amex Gold now offers 4X on dining. They won up the Sapphire Reserve. So the Amex Gold is 4X on dining and in several other categories. There's actually so many categories to earn. You just mm-hmm. got to pick and choose and choose the ones that, you know, give you the most value back. Now on the flip side, because there's so many miles in the ecosystem, you know, the airlines have been raising the amount of miles needed right. for a flight. But considering you can still get 80, 100,000 points for signup bonuses, then you're earning two, three, four, five, ten 10X on spend. The smart points maximizers are still coming out ahead. Mm-hmm. You just have to put the work in. Exactly. Can you stick around a little bit? I have a ton of questions. Absolutely. For you. We have been speaking with Brian Kelly, better known as the Points Guy. If you enjoy this conversation, we'll be sure and come back for the podcast extras. Will we keep the tape rolling and continue discussing all things travel? We love your comments, feedback, and suggestions. Write to us at mibpodcast at bloomberg.net. Check out my weekly column on Bloomberg.com. Follow me on Twitter at Ritholtz. I'm Barry Ritholtz. You're listening to Masters in Business on Bloomberg Radio. Welcome to the podcast. Brian, thank you so much for doing this. I don't I don't know what inspired me to reach out to you guys, but I'm a fan of the site. I really like what you're doing. Um we were talking earlier about uh, the YouTube stuff. I-, I love the passenger shaming videos. They're so <laughs> She's good. Fun. It- it's if you fly regularly, and I don't fly nearly as much as you do, but I fly enough. Yeah. The behavior of people it's, on it's airplanes. I mean, it used to be bad on the commuter rail lines. Yeah. People have kind of settled into a routine, but I don't think people fly enough to understand. Um, or were reared by actual adult humans <laughs> to understand that no you one, don't take off your shoes and socks and start clipping your toenails yeah. on the plane. You and don't you, wedge your foot in between a seat and kind of creep around. I how mean, do you not just pull out wild. a machete and chop that guy's foot off? Think, it's it's Imagine having a bare foot. I'm come surprised be- there's not more of that on, on planes, you know, like all-out assaults. I, 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 get, I get bent out of shape when people don't think and are inefficient so leaving the leaving the plane we we got to we got to um laguardia early there was a gate by some miracle ready for us in the new delta d terminal so it was all good Uh, there's a couple i don't know why he's sitting in 10 
D and she's in 12B and they're having a conversation. Oh the whole Like that was crazy. When it's time to get off the plane, he decides he has to organize his Sunday New York Times. This oh, guy man. was like an uh, arterial plaque and the entire plane is blocked up behind of him. I, and I wanted to pull out the phone and videotape him, but I was like, got to roll with it. You got to be- Yeah, that's uh, true. You can get upset by it, but I think in general, you just got to let it. Let it go. Some of the behavior is a little yeah. over the top. I love uh, this little segment about the um, stewardess call button. Yeah. The things people use that for. Well, I felt a little bit bad because I've been in first class before and, you know, sometimes the flight attendants go MIA and you're like, right. come on. Well, I mean, that's I, fair. And, I, and I, a lot of times I do pay for my ticket and I'm like, okay, I kind of want Let's a cocktail. I had go. no idea. And then, and then well, Sean that- Kathleen's like, never use the overhead for cocktails. I'm like, Really? <laughs> no, like, you could, <laughs> if you pay full boat, yeah. you could use that for cocktails. Yeah. What you can't do is push the button and ask the stewardess to have the plane fly at a lower altitude yeah. so you could get a picture of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and I'm assuming all the other examples oh, she yeah. uses are from she, real she, life. She has stories. She, plus she flew on a regional carrier. She has stories for days. But uh, it kind of reminds me, I flew with Madonna once and she- in first we were, class, we were, I assume. We were delayed leaving JFK, and the pilot comes out. I'm so sorry. It's raining. And she just goes, step on it while we're in the air. I need to make up time. And, it, and the pilot was like, okay. okay. Yeah, I was like, Did So, she? really? Yeah. It was I'm like, I think she that. was kind of joking. But oh, I was, okay. I also, here's one tip you should never do. I took my sleeping pill. This is my rookie days. This is like 20. Never take the pill before. I took the pill the on the ground. Up. And my I, partner did the same thing in a, a hilarious series of oh disasters my God. followed. I, t- I, took my, I took it, my pill. And then, of course, I'm putting my overhead bag in. I'm starting to get woozy. And I turn around and it's freaking Madonna boarding the plane. Oh, my So God. then I'm trying to stay awake. We're delayed on the tarmac. She's doing all these antics. I'm like, why did I take this pill? And then I woke up the next morning like, did that happen? <laughs> Why isn't she fr- flying private? Well, because of a, a lot of celebrities now, uh, most celebrities are now flying commercial because of the you know environment, and you can't be a oh, crusader there for. There you go. All right. Go yeah, you'd be. I, I see tons of A-list celebrities, royals, people. You know, no there's kidding. good people watching on planes. Wow. So I had I had the greatest experience yesterday with the pilot. I can't. I don't ever recall seeing this. So there's all this weather going on Thanksgiving weekend. Most of it to the West, but there's going to be some potential issues on the flight back. He comes out and makes an announcement in the waiting area before people board. Hey, just want to let you know, we're going to hit a bunch of weather. The first half hour will be fine, but it'll be bumpy and problematic Mm -hmm. for the second half. We'll do our best to work our way around the the weather and get you there smoothly and safely. And, um, And it was just like, wow, that's such a great... And throughout the throughout the flight like they're not great about communicating right. what really is going on right. it always feels like they're reading a script uh, like this guy like wow what a pro I've pilot. had pilots like that too really? I love that pre-flight briefing love that. and yeah. it's just like some of them real I mean I think most pilots enjoy their job I know they're all you know overworked and whatever but yeah don't i love when a pilot please don't tell me they're overworked yeah. overtired you don't want to hear that i know right although the planes can land themselves yeah. these days theoretically so so let me get to some of the questions we missed um during the the broadcast broadcast portion um you you mentioned uh peace jam let's so let's talk a little bit about inclusivity and giving back. Yep. Tell, tell us what Peace Jam is. So Peace Jam's awesome. I, you know, when when the business really took off, I really wanted to, you know, there were tons of charities reaching out for write checks, write checks and, you know, 
That's never any. Uh, no, I wanted to get involved with an organization that was going to use travel to help change, you know, the world, so to speak. Even though that's a pretty wide thing. And a friend of mine said, "You, you know, I love kids. I was almost a Teach for America teacher out of college, mm-hmm. and I think even being the points guy, I teach I, I education is key. Gratitude, yeah. Or I get great joy from like watching people learn, and you know, so um, so Peace Jam is." 15 of the world's best Nobel Peace Prize winners. So the Dalai Lama, Desmond Tutu, Lema Bowie. So they're the board members and it's their organization to take their learnings and their life story to kids around the world. Mm-hmm. So it's so Peace Jam itself is in a bunch of different countries. At the Point Sky, we sponsor it in Guatemala, Ghana, Liberia, South Africa, and East Timor. Do you sponsor it with points or how do so you do it? So we do. So it started out, we, we were giving oh, points to idea. the Nobel laureates to, you know, because even to fly, Ghana is our biggest chapter now, to fly a Nobel laureate and their assistant, it's expensive. How do you transfer your points to a Nobel laureate? So you can transfer to my loyalty account, my Amex, let's say I fly Delta, they fly JFK to Accra, Ghana. So we would transfer my Amex to my Delta and then I can, you know, and once you have points, you can book a ticket, a ticket for anyone for you anyone. want. Right. So that's how it started. We call it Points for Peace. So basically we bring these Nobel laureates. We talk bring, about talk about perfect branding. I really. Know, right? So we so we've been able to bring these Nobel Peace Prize winners. You know, we've got six hundred kids in in Ghana, high school kids. They study about the laureate all year long and then we bring the laureate like the Nobel Peace Prize winner. They spend all weekend. We have this unbelievable, you know, they learn how to fix the problems in their community, start small, small actions then lead to bigger change. I mean, by the end of a week, and I get chills even thinking about it, spending time with, you know, these Nobel Peace Prize winners who have helped end civil wars, who are, you know, we work with uh, Jody Williams, who, end, you know, helped end landmines. And should we bring her to kids around the world? And it really empowers them to make their communities better. So that's been a, uh, I get to travel all around the world with, you know, these amazing Nobel Peace Prize winners and bringing that message to kids. And let's talk a little bit about, you're an out CEO and business founder. You also like to give back to the LGBT community. Tell us a little bit about what you do with that. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm so lucky. I'm, I'm, my parents love me. I've got a great partner. I'm out in business. Even, you know, it's nervous wracking when your business gets taken over. Are the, are the new owners of the company going to be, you know, allow even me to be- today, Even today? Even today. I mean, listen, I'm a Jewish white guy working in finance. So I know what it's like yeah. to, in New York. Yeah. So I know what it's like to be oppressed. Um, and I say that, you know, only half joking- or fully joking, but let me say that again. It's hard to imagine in 2019 yeah. that that's still an issue in my little yeah. New York bubble. Well, you'd be bubble. Sure. well. Red Ventures, my parent company, they, you know, all I heard was they're taking they're, Red Ventures is buying Bankrate and they're Charlotte based, and you know, in Charlotte, in North okay. Carolina, there were some pretty nasty, uh, you know, the we had the whole laws, uh, yeah. HB two. Luckily, I googled and and Rick Elias, who's our CEO, he's a staunch, you know. At, you know, he's born in Puerto Rico. We do all this crazy social giving back and everything's fine. But there are a lot of friends that I know of sold businesses. They clash personally sure. with, you know, you're not a part of that inner clique of boys or right. whatever. So, so anyway, so I, I've been very fortunate. And I remember reading the New York Times two years ago and it was about uh, gay concentration camps in Chechnya. Yeah. And I remember reading going, this is crazy. In 2017 or 18, there cannot be concentration camp. And it, in Chechnya, the leader, it's a, it was rounding up gay people and they were taking their phones and it was this, they were actually in camps. Many people have been killed. So to rainbow railroad, we, we started donating our miles. So we actually booked flights for people who are in places like Chechnya. Jamaica is actually the, one of the worst places in the world for LGBT people. Jamaica, Jamaica in the yeah. Caribbean. I just went there with 60 minutes this year and we did a whole expose on if you're gay in Jamaica, there's a huge chance you'll get tossed in the street. 
They uh, really trans people are killed almost weekly there. It's a but really, that happens in the U.S. Also, it ha- what well, happens everywhere? Luckily, in the U.S., I think we've definitely made steps since the Matthew Shepard days in the '90s. But you know, uh, in a lot of countries, Egypt, even you get kicked out. You're, Middle East is not especially gay friendly. So we so we use frequent flyer miles. We donate our money, and so we now bring Rainbow Railroad gets people asylum in countries like Canada and Argentina. So it's been really, I've gotten a chance to meet uh, last summer in, in Toronto. There were about 30 uh, uh, people from Chechnya that we actually ha- helped through our campaign. Our readers donated millions of miles. And they they looked me in the eyes and they're like, the minute that that plane took off from Moscow and I knew that I was on my way to freedom, they just started bawling. And it, so it's kind of cool. So my whole thing on giving back is like the power of travel mm-hmm. can change lives. And I know I've changed as a person. I believe the more people travel in general, you know, barriers break down. So- uh, it's really cool to be able to, uh, you know, to help others. Quite, quite interesting. So I have to ask you a couple of more business questions because um, everything that's going on these days with Google and Facebook, traditional web advertising as a business, not so great these days. Yep. So how are you balancing that? Um, are you more driven by advertising? Is it more affiliate? Yep. How do you how do you deal with the declining? Um, CPMs and yeah. just essentially well, the web is infinite. Well, funny enough, you know, when I started, I thought, oh my God, this affiliate thing seems shady, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's funny now all the major publications are going affiliate, you know, right. New York times has wire cutter. And, um, so affiliates where it's at, because if, if you truly have good content that helps your reader get a product they want, you know, it's, it's the perfect but balance. So our, our revenue has been wildly growing over the last several years. We also want to diversify, so uh, so we've never sold CPMs really. We do mm-hmm. some small packages, but in general, I mean, the bulk of our sales are affiliate, and the credit card markets are strong. My biggest concern isn't as much Google, and um, you know, the privacy is a bigger concern, and especially mm-hmm. as we create this app where people are going to share where they want to go and the airlines they want to fly, and sharing, you know, so that to me, you know, we're getting ready to for the California privacy. Uh, laws are about to go into effect in January, which changes the game. So that space is really challenging, um, even how you target consumers. And and look, I, I believe we should have more privacy on the internet. Uh, Europe is not so far off with what they're doing over totally. there. I mean, California is arguably more um, more strict than GDPR. So it's a, it's a challenging landscape. But I think what we focused on is just continuing to build out content for people that they love. Ad blockers don't work when the the advertisement is the content that people want right, to read. Right. So, although uh, ad blocker uh, extensions for Chrome and things like that, they stop working now. It's easy enough to detect them and, and yeah. blur the content yeah. and say if you want to access the yeah. content for free, yeah. you have to disable your ad blocker. Yeah. So, so that arms race has ended. Yeah, I, I I think you guys have the right balance. The idea that if you have the right audience and the right demographic and they're consuming the content because they want yeah. to not because you trick them into a click, that's got to be better than ads. Exactly. And the thing we've doubled down on too is community. So we've got this huge Facebook, you know, so Facebook stopped showing publishers in the newsfeed. Oh crap, what do you do? So what we've been doing for years, we have a community, like people come to our events. uh, So on Facebook, we've got a TPG lounge that has, I think over 80,000 members. We just launched a small business community a family community. We just launched our women's community. So now, I mean, and that's what Facebook's all about. So you just, as a publisher, you've got to just keep evolving with the time. And that's, right. that's. I think my job as CEO now, it's, I don't write posts as much anymore, although I am very, very much uh, 
involved in our total editorial process and pushing the team to be better and how we review flights and, you know, creating higher quality content, but it, now it's shifting the landscape. And I, I do, I mean, our app is going to be the, uh, the next generation of our company and how we'll be able to tar target content to people exactly for what they want. Today, it's one size fits all. It can be very confusing to go to the points guy and be like, okay, it's a lot. where it's do I start? Right. Which card? I just want to go here. And these tools that we're building are going to save people time and tons of money. So I'm, I'm really excited. About uh, I'm, that. I'm, I'm looking forward to the app because the thing that you chastised me for before I have to ask about. So I will occasionally spend some money with my Chase reserve card, not on travel, spend some points on stuff. Mm -hmm. And often it's Amazon because right. they just drop it off on your front door. Um, you're telling me that's not the right way to do it. I'm much better off transferring those points to Delta. Well, Chase or points you can't transfer to Delta, but like Chase points are super valuable when you transfer to United or Hyatt, or if you redeem for travel, because you're getting 1.5 cents a point when, when you, you redeem. When you say for redeem for travel. So so Chase gives you two main options when it comes time to book travel. You can transfer United or Southwest or you know Hyatt, several other partners, or you can just use those points to buy tickets. Mm -hmm. Now, with the Sapphire Reserve, what they'll say is you get 1.5 cents a point. So with 100,000 points is $1,500 in travel. Right. 100,000 points when used for uh, gift cards is usually 1,000 or less. Right. So that's why I say where I cringe, use your Chase points for travel. And then if you truly want Amazon uh, or merchandise, there are better cards that will give you more bang for your buck. Right. So like a, a city double cash card, no annual fee, 2% back when you pay it off each month. So if you spend 100,000 bucks on that, you're going to get $2,000 to buy whatever you want. So you strike me as a guy who's got a dozen cards in his wallet. Uh, probably double that. We're, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't my, that kind of confusing to say, not. I'm buying this, so yeah. let me figure out which so is the best card? So in our card? new app, it'll literally say, <sighs> buy, you know, pay with this feature. So we'll tell you where you are. Well, you can say, I'm at Starbucks. We can actually say this, this, you know, this quarter, put your Starbucks, not on the Sapphire, but, you know, on your you know, freedom card because Starbucks is the quarterly category. It's really, really, it but, changes that, but frequently. that's the technology that we're building. And then we'll also, you know, a lot of credit cards these days will give you bonuses, at, you know, especially the airline cards. If you're, if you're chasing elite status, right. You know, you spend $40,000 on an American airlines card, you'll get a bump, you know, an elite mile. So our app is going to track all of that. And so to make sure that huh. not only the points, but that you're getting the maximum perks as well. Huh. You know, there's MasterCards now that will give you $5 off every lift ride, which most people don't even realize. That's so, a big, that's, so most if you're spending the average a lot of lift rides, 15 bucks. That's right. a big so jump. So this new World MasterCard gives you $5 off every $25 ride. Uh-huh. So most, it's really confusing to keep track of. Um, well, when will I be able to use your app to just swipe that and never have to think about it? It's coming again? out, in, I would say March of 2020. We're still, we're in testing right now. We're breaking it. Uh -huh. um, it's going to be worth the wait though. So. March 2020. I'm excited about it. All right, so let's My team get... will kill me for saying that. <laughs> but early 2020. Now, now they know when they have to. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, we just gave them a deadline. All right, so let's do our speed round. We'll, we'll blow through this pretty quickly. Um, the idea is to kind of get to know a little bit more about uh, Brian Kelly than, than we know already. So, so tell us what you're streaming, listening to, downloading, watching. What what I, what's got your attention these I days? I am into the morning show on Apple Plus. The, the morning. Oh, the, the new Jennifer show. Aniston. Yeah. I really, you know, going on morning shows quite a bit. It's uh -huh. actually, 
you know, I always see, you know, I'm only there for my segment and leave, but you can always sense that there's like these power struggles on set. And uh, so it's, it's a fascinating watch. And it's also a microcosm of like what's going on in our world today. So I think they've done a good job with that. And anything else you're, you're downloading? Any podcasts? What are you listening to? Um, podcasts? You know, my friend Heather McMahon, she's this really hysterical comedian. Uh, Heather I like McMahon. Heather McMahon. Her, her podcast is called Absolutely Not. And she just rails on everything and travel and life. So I like a, I like a feel good laughing podcast. And also, you know, I have to plug my podcast talking points. Not that I listen to my own podcast cause I get to experience it, but. So I sometimes just as a, an aside, I find like on a shorter flight, sometimes I'm not going to watch a movie Yeah, and I could just pop in a Freakonomics or a Mark yeah. Marin's WTF it. and it's a, right. It's a perfect yeah. hour. And like, Oh, I'm here already. That's yep. fantastic. It, it really does help pass the time. I don't, I live a block away from work, so I don't, Luckily, no I walk to work. Yeah. So yeah, it's on planes when I do listen to podcasts. And I, now I get sometimes you're too tired to read, you and or even you don't to... even want to watch something. It yeah, takes the energy just, to watch something, right. to, li to listen back. But just to close your eyes, yeah. just like uh, take take me away, Calgon. Absolutely. Um, so what's the most important thing people don't know about you? So interesting. I don't think many people know that, but I'm actually a uh, development chief in a tribe in Ghana, about an hour and a half outside of Accra. My name is Nene Kwesi Matechu the first. Mm -hmm. And about four years ago, through the charity work I do there, the uh, the guy who's my uh, partner in crime there, we've kind of elevated him as our head of peace movement in Africa right. as a way of saying thank you to everything I've done for him. Um, he made me, he uh, bequeathed his title to me um, as a as a way of saying thank you for helping elevate his life with all these Nobel Peace Prizes. He grew up in poverty, and now right. he's on the global stage with these Nobel laureates. So he made me a, a development chief, and I go back at least once or twice a year. And um, it's really amazing. I've got all my robes, and they, <laughs> uh, it's a it's a very unique. I took my parents there, and they were just like, you know, they're they're like, how did you how did you go from just growing up in the Philly suburbs to now being a chief in in Ghana? You know, that's. You mentioned your parents. Um, who are some of your early mentors? And I suspect your your parents might be one of them. Yeah, my dad, I call him the original points guy. He's actually named Brian Kelly. He's the third boy of three boys and a girl. Um, and I always admired him. He was a business traveler in healthcare. And um, he taught me, and that was in the 90s, is, uh, he had points. And he said, Brian, if you can, I was 12 years old. He said, if you can figure out how to use these, we'll go on vacation. You know, family of six. We didn't have a ton of money to just blow on fancy vacations. And that was when I figured out how to go to the Cayman Islands. And uh, so, and he also started, he gave me my first job. I started booking travel for him because um, he, so my dad for sure is one of my earliest mentors. Now, now, did you ever tell him you were cheating and using Travelocity? Or? I, I did. And, and he's been at speaking gigs with me now. And he, he, he laughs at me because I make it seem like he was, he was computer illiterate. That's why he paid me to do. Right. He's like, you make me sound so stupid not knowing how to use a computer. I'm like, well, you kind of were, Dad. <laughs> that was uh, information arbitrage. <laughs> um, so who influenced your approach to travel to points to credit cards obviously your father who, who else i mean richard branson in terms of travel and entrepreneurship and uh like he's just taught me a lot and i got, got a chance to interview him on my podcast and and just having fun in business i think that was something i've lost along the way sometimes mm -hmm. is you know it's not always fun but to you do as a ceo of a business you can set the tone, you know, and you can help hire people and, and motivate people to have fun. And I do believe businesses are more successful when people are really invested. 
Um, but in terms of traveling, I didn't grow. I didn't go to uh, abroad until I was in college. Really, well, besides the Cayman Islands. So I've learned to kind of be a traveler on my own in a certain way. But that's been kind of fun. Um, I can imagine. So, so let's talk about everybody's favorite question. Tell us about some of the books you enjoy reading. What What are some of your favorites? What are you reading now? So I just finished Bob Iger's book, The Ride of My Life, which I found really fascinating. And also, you know, I've been running the points guy for going on 10 years now. And he had a similar thing where he, no one wanted him to keep running Disney because he was the old guy, you know, right. fresh new leadership. And of course that always goes, you know, even though the points guy, frankly, has a big business is only, you know, for the last several years, but I do worry about myself and staying in how do I be creative? How do we push and innovate? So I, I thought his book was really, really, I didn't know a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. I also read Travis, uh, the book, uh, uh, super pumped, which is the about Uber. About Uber. I mean, that have you read it? It's on my winter it reading is list. It's insane. It's it's a page turner and it's also a, a perfect model of how to not run a business. I mean, the the stories, I mean, they're and they're shocking. well sourced yeah. too. I mean, this is not just like a gossip, even though they want you to think that, like the what was going on and the that bro culture. And so, those two books I, I've read recently and I really like. And then in terms of inspiration, Lema Bowie, she's a 2011 Nobel Peace Prize winner from Liberia. She brought women together to help end the bloody civil war there. And she wrote this book, Mighty Be Our Powers. And it's just a story. She was on the floor of a refugee camp, uh, had no degree, had three kids, an alcoholic husband. And it was her whole story and rising up, being a community leader. And now she's, you know, on the floor of the UN opening up sessions. And she is this world leader. And it's like, it really gives you that inspiration that, you know, even on our worst days, we've got it pretty good. <laughs> to, to say the least. By the way, if you liked the Uber book, did you read Bad Blood? I did not. So I haven't read the Uber book, but it's the top of my list. And it sounds very much mm. like John Carreyrou's book, Bad yeah. Blood, about Theranos. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to make that. I'm going to throw that I saw that the Theranos docs on Netflix, which were it's nuts. It's insane. It's insane. The book goes into so much detail. Yeah. I, it, I, I know I'm going to really like the Uber book. Yeah. And based on you really Bad liking blood, the Uber I'm, book, I'll... this is you should, for your next long yeah. flight, uh, you'll plow through it. It was really a fast read. Um, tell us about a time you failed and what you learned from the experience. Well, I would actually say, so in college, in general, I failed. Like, I'm a smart guy, but I just, I mean, I think I do have a certain level of ADD and then going to lecture. I mean, I just, I, I couldn't care less. I mean, I failed astronomy. I went to university of Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and it wasn't, but what I learned was, I think, I think I learned in college. So I was student body president. I was the head of my fraternity recruitment. I was like, I really put all my energy into people and what I really like doing. And I think, you know, and I got rejected from NYU in high school and it, it's always, it crushed me. Right. And now it's kind of cool that, you know, I... Uh, so the lesson, kids, is don't worry about academics. It's the I mean, rush. To an that's... extent. I mean, you look at so many successful people in business. Now, many academics are very successful, but I don't know. Just throw yourself into something that you love. Like, mm -hmm. that's going to get you further. And I, the, what I learned being student body president was more than any, you know, intro to, you know... Economics 101. Yeah, right. So I was going to ask you what you do for fun, but it seems travel, right? Well, you know, if I could teleport, I would. I true. I mean, I have. <laughs> look, I have a good time. I have a good time on plane. Well, let me let me interrupt you. Are you a Star Trek fan? I am not actually. All right. So you should be aware of the fact the problem with teleportation 
is hold the hold the physics issues aside. Yeah. Essentially, we take you apart molecule by molecule, make a map of exactly what you are, and transport you, to, uh, send uh, energy to another location where they rebuild you molecule hmm. by molecule. So effectively, we've killed you huh. and rebuilt a new one of you. Not the greatest thing in the world. Does what? What is it like? Is it like jet lag times a thousand whenever you? Teleport? Uh, uh, well, from the Star Trek my- version is you're fine. You're <laughs> yeah, just yeah, up yeah, and yeah. going. So, but it, And you are limited in distance, yeah. but you you can teleport from space mm-hmm. to wherever. But when you actually think about the way it works, uh, what was the, the recent uh, Netflix show, or maybe it was the Amazon Prime show? Um, I'm drawing a blank on it, where effectively someone goes to get cloned, and they... Kill the clone, kill the original, and keep the clone. The clone is updated and healthier. And uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. But so okay, maybe I won't time travel. But for fun, I do like exploring not other universes, but the underwater world. I'm a huge scuba diver. Oh, really? And it, so where do you like to go? So you mentioned the Caymans, which is great. I've actually one of my best sides was Caymans. I do Maldives, so I'm actually going there this holiday season. Turks uh, and Caicos. Have I you love Turks and there? Caicos. Yeah. Um, I had a disappointing dive in the. Uh, Great Barrier Reef. It was bad conditions, but one of my mi- big trips I want to take that I haven't really done is Palau, South Pacific, tiny right. little island. Well, you better hurry because all those reefs are going away. I know, right? It's crazy it's what's really, going on down it's, there. The Barrier Reef is dying. It's crazy. I mean, it's visible from face, and, space. And the bleaching that's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's ac- actually, uh, you could see the in the in the in some of the satellite photos, how huge yeah. miles and miles have died that's off. So it's so sad. It's crazy. Um, so what are you most optimistic about relative to travel today? And what are you most pessimistic? Well, I think about? we just start touched on the most pessimistic is the climate. You know, I, I live in Miami too. I split, split my time there and just seeing that, you know, reading the articles that in 30 years, Miami could be underwater. And now that they may, 30. they may stop, you know, the, the whole state may go under soon because, you know, uh, more- let's be honest though. That wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. You really I mean, don't like, Florida. I'm, no, no, I'm a New Yorker. And you know, you look at Florida and it's like, oh, all right. If Florida goes underwater, there are worse environmental oh disasters. So yeah, so the climate change stuff and, and, you know, frankly, the guilt from, you know, even though we carbon offset all of our employees travel, you know, it's you know, I'm in a business that's encouraging millions of people to travel more. So the now I still believe, you know, travel's ten percent of global GDP, it lifts people up, it changes people. So but it is a you know, seeing what's happening on earth is pretty pretty pessimistic. pessimistic. It isn't Airline travel much more efficient than getting in a car and driving cross country. Well, or I mean, I think go? there's a lot of ways to slice and dice it. I mean, for, for frequent flyers, your carbon footprint is much more than anyone in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's fair. But optimistically speaking, I mean, I think this is the golden age of travel in terms of you know these new planes that are more carbon efficient, safer. You can you can now travel. I just sent one of my employees on that Qantas flight from JFK to Sydney nonstop. Oh, really? At 19 hours? How yeah, long was that? I think it might have even crossed 20. Wow. Uh, but even you know New York. Insane. Newark to Singapore is 18 and a half now. So the fact that you can fly on safe, it's safer than ever. It's still cheap. You can still go to Europe for under 500 bucks. It's amazing. We had Asia trip. deals this yeah. past, you know, recently that were uh, $300 to go to Asia round trip. You know, That's granted, just it's crazy. Coach, but you can't really still, complain about- Still, 300 bucks. It's crazy. And even business class. So I, I think I'm optimistic in general. Travel is connecting the world more than ever. Um, but we just got to, we got to treat Mother Earth a little bit better. And what sort of advice would you give to a recent college grad just starting their career who was interested in in 
either travel or points or the even website? Biggest thing is, you know, first of all, treat your credit score like an asset. I was dumb in college. I didn't you pay a, both. I didn't pay a Verizon bill. I moved out of my frat house. Three years later, I'm living in New York and it's $2,000 or docking my pay. It was <laughs> like the biggest pain I've ever dealt with. So never stick your head in your sand with your finances. Even if you can't handle it, there's so many ways. And even if you just pay the minimum to, and then, you know, but never mess up your credit score. It takes years. And then in terms of, uh, in general, I see, so, you know, college grads, um, take the opportunities given to you at work. I've, I've even, you know, most of my employees are millennials. Take the, take the job that may not seem to you at the time to make a lot of sense, but when people give you an opportunity, jump on it. Um, you know, I think millennials are always so worried about, I don't want to get stuck in doing this for the rest of my life. Like Who take does? this project. You're not right. going to, you know, if you're a good employee, if you, if you bring a lot to the table and if you're a team player, that's, what's going to propel you more so than staying on this. Oh, I like this specific thing that I'm doing now. And I want to, you know, make yourself uncomfortable. That's how Be you grow. Become valuable for the company totally. and they'll find the place to put you. Totally. And our final question, what do you know about the world of points and travel today that you wish you knew? 10 or 20 years ago when you first started playing the points game? You know, I learn every day. You know, actually, when I launched it, I, I, there were other, and there still are other travel bloggers who are way smarter than me in terms of the points and miles. And um, I think in general, um, it's not about being the smartest. I still learn stuff every single day from our community and emails. It's, it's, you know, we always peg ourselves, is this going to be, am I the best at this? Uh, I think in general with points, I mean, in anything you learn, it's going to constantly evolve and change. So um, I would just say this industry will keep changing. It's not over and it's been changing for time as well. So instead of, uh, you know, just be optimistic in general about everything and, and go with the flow. Quite fascinating. We have been speaking with Brian Kelly, better known as the Points Guy, if you enjoy this conversation, well, look up an inch or down an inch on Apple iTunes where you can see any of the 300 previous such conversations we've had over the past five years. We love your comments, feedback, and suggestions. Write to us at mibpodcast at bloomberg.net. Go to Apple iTunes. Please give us a review. Share your thoughts with us. Check out my weekly column on bloomberg.com. Sign up for our daily reads at ritholtz.com. I'm Barry Ritholtz. You've been listening to Masters in Business on Bloomberg Radio.